what? Where are the bulls in 2024? We got to, we got to, every day, every day we go now. Three days in a row this year. Two days to end the week last week. What's going on? Is everyone afraid of the jobs number? Wall Street analysts panicking? Gene Munster says Apple should buy Peloton? Man, we got a lot to figure out on Friday. Ivan Feinstadt at 8.35. He'll come with his bullish slant. Let's get things started, Aaron. Mark. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, the late day swoon continues down 15 and a quarter handles, 47, 14, 50, moving in on that 4,700 level. We talked about that with Mark Chaikin yesterday. The buck up a little bit, 28 cents, 102.41. Bonds, they're down almost a point here, 121 and 31, 30 seconds. Crude trying to have an up week, up 90 cents at 73.09. Gold down at 290 at 2047. Silver in the red by a couple pennies, 2317. Bitcoin down but not out, down $260 at $44,370. Let's bring in Triple D here. And Triple D, I mean, who who like hit the light switch from being bearish, from being bullish to bearish? What's going on? The New Year's ball drop hit the light switch. And again, if you were surprised and so surprised by the weakness in this market for the first four days of the trading year, you definitely were not listening to pre-market prep because nobody will pat ourselves on the back. Nobody called this better than us. We talked about the weakness in the first couple of weeks of January. Highly likely it is exactly, it has worked so well I'm just in shock that it worked this well, the January effect. The leaders to laggards, laggards to leaders. It's crazy how well it has worked. So with that all being said, the big picture isn't disastrous and the end of the yeah. world happening here. I have slowly been buying stocks. So just slowly nibbling in. I actually did go into a little bit more of the IWM that I sold because remember I sold it on the way up. It's been pulling back. And then I was like looking at it and thinking, you know, I had it for a long time. The IWM, and I was like, it had such a big run from 160 to 200, it felt like in a heartbeat. So I did nibble back into some yesterday. I'll be down on that a little bit here today. A little bit of the IWM, about half back about what I sold. I still have lots of IWM. I didn't ever sold the whole position, but I was kind of regretting it. And I'm like, what the Fed is going to be behind this market? It's all a bit different here. So I'm not eternally bearish here. Still have a lot of cash. Still have a lot of cash on the sidelines, but slowly putting that to work. So, so far this year, I bought Amgen. So far this year, I bought some IWM. I feel like I was trying. Oh, and I, I did buy another one too. So a small one. And I just stuck this in my kids' RESP, a very small position, but speculative. And it was Aerovironment, AVAV, the drone company. Because I'm like, look in, and I think drones are not going away. And this is like the kids, you know, this is for his RESP. He's nine right now. He won't need that money for 10 years when he hmm. eventually or hopefully eventually goes to school. So that's a 10-year trade. But I always like the drones. You know, he loves drones too, so he's all into it. So I'm like, you know what? It just kind of makes sense, the drone company for my boy, so because he likes that. So it's kind of more of his trade because he likes drones. And I was like, I think it's kind of cool if the drone comes, if drones eventually continue to get bigger, and I think they will, I think it's kind of, you know, a cool stock. And the valuation's not crazy on this one. It's not cheap, but it's not crazy. You know so what? Those are the three stocks that I've bought in my long-term portfolio, or two stocks plus the IWM in my long-term portfolio so far in 2024. Nibble. Uh, you envision um, a drone delivering you a, beer, uh, Miller, a Miller Light. A little bit of that, too. Remember the yeah. video that I showed? Let's bring AB in here. AB needs yeah, to be in this AB? conversation. Yeah, where's AB? 
He's hiding in the background. He's always hiding, that AB guy. Where is he? How we doing, y'all? Good morning. Happy Friday. Well, I mean, we'll see if it's a happy Friday, I guess, here in about 24 minutes when the jobs numbers come out and, yes. and how the market reacts to that. Of course, that will be the biggest story of the morning, at least pre-market, is this jobs report that's expected. Uh, so it's expected that we're going to add 170,000 jobs in December uh, mm -hmm. following an initial gain of 199,000 the previous month. Although there's a very wide range of, of estimates. Some people, some economists are saying 80,000, some are saying 200,000. So people don't really know if they're, if they're expecting, you know, a big drop off in jobs this month or, uh, or, or to gain. So um, this could be, it could be volatile when this, when this number comes out. Now, do you guys think we're going to be in the good news is good news? I don't, bad news is, is good news or bad news is bad news. You know, I don't, I don't know how, what, what we should be, what we should be hoping for here. Man, I, I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> if you were last year, you'd be like, well, you just know good news is good news and bad news is good news. But we're in such a little tizzy here. We'll call this market. That's a good word for it. This 2024, the market's in a little tizzy, not in full on disastrous mode any by any means, but it's in a tizzy. Are we at this like good news is bad news and bad news is bad news? I don't know, because obviously they want the Fed to continue to lower or, or talk about they want them to lower rates in 2024 so if we get a little bit of a hot number here that's gonna be like oh no Powell's that's never it I, I that's it that's it i i i'm just as i'm the same way because like i you know i i, I, I do listen to like other shows and other things and i hear well um big bet on on uh the bonds you know getting killed like uh you know a big article on it so well, that means that we haven't killed inflation, okay? Well, if everyone's worried about inflation coming back and the Fed's not done, then there's an argument. And then Mohammed Alarian comes on 2.30 yesterday when the market is just, you know, you know, just flopping. And he What'd says, he the bond market is pricing in a deep recession. So uh, Mohammed I mean, has bearish for a long time. Mohammed has been wrong. Because okay. he has been on the bear train for a while. And, you know, I listen to Muhammad and love Muhammad. He's been on this show a couple of times here, too. We haven't had him on for a while, but we'll get him back. But, I mean, he has been on the bear train for a while here for good reason. I mean, I've been on the bear train for a long time, too. The only reason I got off the bear train was two weeks ago when Powell decided that he was going to start. Well, not two weeks ago, but, you know, we got off Crazy. the bear train in yeah. October because we thought the stocks were oversold. But then, you know, I got off the recession train, I should say, for 2024, when Powell said he was going to start lowering rates without, you know, any data to support it. So that's took me off the recession camp. So um, I, 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 I know what Alarian's looking at. You know, if you got rates up here long enough, eventually a recession should be imminent. But I just think even if we start to teeter, then the Fed's is going to start lowering rates and it's going to stop us from going into a recession. So I feel like the Fed's behind this market here now. And that's why it's hard to be super bearish well hold on joel before we move on uh from elarian did you did you read his tweet or did you see that in the headline or something because i i had a different take from reading his tweet let me pull okay. it up okay he said uh, all right here let me, uh he said the yield on the 10-year u.s government bond is currently oh, evading evading deeper all right i'm wrong i'm wrong oh he said ah, oh that's a big one i said evading consistent with the economy evading deep recession. He said. He said. He said is more consistent with the economic outlook unless you believe in a rather deep recession for the U.S. So I think he's saying that. Hey, look, the rates coming back up here to four percent. That's actually okay. showing that the that the bond market is not pricing in a recession here. Um, I, I guess the thought process there is that if if we are heading to a recession, then the Fed would need to cut rates or would need to keep them lower. But if we're not, then they can keep them around four percent. Well, that would be bullish then. Yeah, that would be, that would be bullish. I, it sounds like it. I mean, I think I, that's what I, my takeaway from 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 this tweet was. Unless uh, unless I, I misinterpreted it, but uh, he, he was bearish for a long time. Maybe he's turned when I turned. Maybe he turned. Maybe, maybe I subconsciously. Maybe he's a watch. Him. Maybe he's watching. Um, he but, might be watching. But all right, Joel, you he's mentioned some other big prep lover. Some other big uh, headlines this morning. I mean, this week has just been all analyst ratings. We've continued to get more. Um, but before we get to the ratings, let's hop back to Peloton, which had the big news yesterday. Closed oh, sure. up twenty percent. Uh, Gene Munster, friend of the show, 
uh, and Joel here, let me go ahead and pop your screen back up. Friend of the show uh, uh, suggested that Apple should buy Peloton. Uh, we talked about this yesterday when I said, you yeah. know, we said we said Peloton could be a buyout target. You said, you know, we, we've been hearing this. We've been hearing this. It, it's never really happened. Who wants to spend that much on Peloton? But yeah, um, I mean, is, is, is this getting a pop from the from the Gene Munster? Yeah, 100 percent. It popped from 620 last night to 669 on that Gene Munster commentary because that was a bold call. So you can see the big green candle. That was Gene Munster was on fat on fast money talking about potentially peloton getting bought by apple he made an argument that they he thinks that they're gonna buy him you know this is just you know his thought process he argued that the stock was trading i don't know what it was like two times sales or something i don't know the metrics i don't follow peloton closely enough but the argument sounded pretty strong so the argument that i made yesterday is that we have heard rumors many of time about peloton getting bought by somebody and I don't believe it's going to happen. I'm going to stick with that. Sorry, Gene, going on the opposite side here. I do not believe that anybody is going to buy Peloton, especially Apple. It's not their style. They've never been one. But, you know, who's connected better, you know, over the years to Apple than Gene Munster? So, I mean, obviously, when Gene Munster says something, the market is going to listen. So, not surprising that this gets a pop. And, you know, stocks, just because, you know, they, they, if I, I said yesterday, I think eventually Peloton's going to go bankrupt. But stocks don't just go straight to bankruptcy. They just don't go straight to zero. And even when they go bankrupt, sometimes they don't go zero. That's why I said it's not a zero, but I do believe eventually it goes bankrupt. And I'll say, if nobody does buy this, if they get bought, great for shareholders here. But I mean, really, let's look where this thing is. You know, it was $170 down to six. Gets bought out at, he's talking about them getting bought out at 10. I mean, you know, so $3, it's a huge gain if you buy it at 550 or six bucks. But let's give this perspective. And if you showed my tweet, AB, from two years ago because i was trying to give context and it came out in february of 2022 that amazon was going to buy peloton and that was the tweet i was talking about and the stock was trading at 40 dollars that day and yeah, i think we're up I to remember. even 43 or 44 dollars it popped yep. even more so it's up 40 i tweeted out that day i said if i own peloton i would be selling into this amazon pop because i don't believe anybody is going to buy the stock at this valuation i had no position on it whatsoever and obviously here we are two years later and the stock is at six bucks. So I was proven correct on that. I don't know if I'm going to be correct here or not. I'm scared to go against Gene because I love Gene Munster. And, you know, he says that it's an eye opener. I'm not, I have no position in Peloton. Definitely yeah, not shorting short it here. Too. Yeah. What's that? Being short, being short of six, uh, six dollar and 60 cents. Dangerous I mean. to be short six dollar yeah. stocks, five dollar yeah. stocks. Yeah. You know, um, they do so have a lot said, of customers. I just think they're burning said? so much cash. Then unless a bailout does come, and that's what I tweeted so you can see my tweet from 2022. I tweeted this last night because I was getting a lot of people giving me heat last night because Gene came on and said I was getting bought. And I said on this show, I don't think anybody's buying it. Gene really put me under, threw me under the bus on this one. Love you, Gene. Well, first of all, he was on Fast Money. He was on Fast Money. He's on Fast Money talking. He's usually not on Fast Money. What's that? He's not. Is he's not usually. Yeah, yeah. Guy. He goes on CNBC. Was, he's been on yeah, I, I have He's all over the idea. place, Gene Munster. He's popular. Well, I'll man. say this. I wish we had an exclusive on him, Joel, but we don't. Unfortunately, I did it. No, I know. You know what? I, the only thing I'll say is that, um, with all due respect, uh, Gene's made some great calls over the years. He has a lot of different stocks. Okay, but I will say, if there's one category where he had, where you know, he's definitely not batting like you know, baseball average, like 300 or 330, that's a call in takeouts. And it's hard uh, to call well, takeouts. Yeah. I mean, what did he do? Was it, was it uh, um, Amazon and Kohl's? Remember that? There was a few over the years that he's called and they haven't come to fruition. Now, maybe he has something with this one. I don't know. I still own the stock. I'd love to sell the stock. I would love for it to get taken over at any price. So the symbol just goes away, and we just don't have to talk about it anymore. I thought we weren't talking about. Oh, yeah, I know. We were well, you banned it from the show, and now it shows up the very next First, day. What's well, your buddy Gene? That I got to call. Talk about excuse it. me, I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna call Gene right now and get like, him on the phone really and get an explanation. So much heat on this Peloton over the years. Stop talking Peloton. Give him a get, and say Dennis is very upset. Let's <laughs> get through them under the bus. Well, let's let, let, let's keep. That's the, funny. Uh, I love you, Gene. It, it, and we're just joking, obviously. I don't think Gene even knew about our piece yesterday, but it's funny, you know, that I come out. And obviously, we're both talking about it too because of the TikTok news. So we we're talking yesterday. 
Peloton popped up the 70 cents on the TikTok news. And I just said, when it's at 590 or six bucks, I'm like, I just don't think it. I think long term it's lower. I don't know short term. I don't know the path to get there, but I think long term it's lower. I don't think it's getting taken out. I may be wrong. I don't know anything. Yeah, and we we did a number of of other uh, you know analyst ratings this morning. Uh, this week has really just been been chock full of analyst ratings. Uh, one that's been an absolute kind of kind of dog, even a dog of all dogs, while everything else was trading up. Uh, PayPal. So we uh, we had a downgrade on PayPal by uh, BTIG. Uh, it was a, a a buy before they downgraded it to a neutral. Um, PayPal. I mean, at some point. You got to think this thing's going to start catching a bid, but right now it, it seems Doesn't. like it seems like yeah, no buyers are coming in at, at any level. Um, I mean, at, at what point would, would would I start looking at PayPal for a long here, or should I just ignore it? Uh, I don't know. It's just so, and it's trading what 11, 12 times earnings. It's traded to a multiple that people would not have even fathomed. You almost have to think there's just something else going on here. Like we've talked about competition coming for PayPal over the years. I sold my PayPal a number of years ago because I was worried about Apple coming into there. And then the stock went from 100 to 300. And I was like, why did I sell it at 100 when it went to 300? But I mean, now it's back here at 57. Part of me wants to rebuy the stock that I sold. I mean, we're talking about not far from all-time lows in PayPal. And why do we know that? Because it got spun off from eBay. And I believe it got spun off. I think it was around 35 or 40 bucks. I mean, the stock went to 300. You'd never think it would see 35 or 40 bucks here again. Here it is back at 57. I don't know what it's going to take to turn this around. It needs a vote of confidence. It needs somebody to come out and say, hey, you know, like this is, you know, I'm buying this thing. Like Warren Buffett buying it would be a vote of confidence, but I'm not saying that's going to happen. But it needs somebody like that, like somebody to come in, an activist, another so activist, so somebody come apps. in and give this thing a vote of confidence. That's what's going to turn the story around because this stock, there may be no tech stock more hated than PayPal out of the big names. Think about how good of a year it was for tech and how bad of a year it was for PayPal. I would have thought it'd get a January pop. So I've been wrong on this one. It's just like streaming. I mean, it's just like, you know, you sell somebody or you Venmo somebody or, you know, I mean, I'm the only one who carries cash around. But, you know, there's so many different ways to, you know, the payment systems here. Yeah. Um, I, Aaron asked a good question. And if you feel that you missed out on the rally of rallies here from uh, 50 bucks to 64, you're getting halfway back. This is the move. You're coming halfway back. You're coming into a trio of lows here at the 57.40 area. So if, if the Bulls are going to step up to the plate, and I don't know if it's going to be today or tomorrow, the next couple of days, you got to build a base here. You got to you got to hold so low. I'm not talking like exactly, you know, like 57.30 low, but, you know, even down to 56, I mean, there's support in this area. I'm not sure to get into it, but this is just a test. You know, we, we see uh, rallies. We see retracements. Dennis, you say nothing goes straight up or straight down, even though the spoos are going straight up right now. Dennis, watch your offers there. Uh, so let's see what happens. Uh, square, boom. Let's see what's going on in Square. This is, uh, wow, 80 to 68. I mean, they just came out. Didn't someone downgrade this yesterday or or not? No. We'll see. Uh, it's we just been up. going down. I don't even think it's had any analyst action. They've just been hammering it. This stock started the year at 80 bucks at 78, 68. I mean, that's a 67 now. It's been that's pretty a big hammered. move. 40 yeah. to 80, 60 bucks on Square if he gets back there. But I don't – it's a tough one. It's It wasn't one that was on my shopping list. Like, we talked about my shopping list before. Obviously, I chased Amgen a little bit there. I couldn't wait for it. I got yeah, that's excited. a crazy trade, man. That 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 – I keep you don't like me, me buying Amgen up here. And that keeps me up. It's not my style to buy all time <laughs> highs, but I did. But I mean, you know, I do have a number of stocks on my list. I have Marvell. I had um I had a number of stocks on my list. Um, and I still do, you know, a, a lot of tech stocks on my list on pullbacks. Some of the but I haven't bought any because I haven't felt like the pullback's really that deep yet. Like, I mean, we're all complaining and we're all, you know, running for the hills here. I mean, let's give perspective here. I mean, Microsoft's down like two percent. I mean, this hasn't really like been like devastating. CNBC just doesn't know what a down day is like anymore, so they just talk relentless how bad the market's been. Think about how October to December. Give this perspective. Microsoft ran from three ten to three eighty. It's down to three sixty eight. We haven't had that much of a sell off here, folks. Apple's been hit a little bit harder, but it's had two yep. downgrades. The two well, downgrades doesn't help. Dennis, uh, I guess before we move on from PayPal, just the one thing from the fundamental side, news okay. side. 
uh, the Fed, the Fed did put out like a product that competes with PayPal and Venmo this year called Fed Now, a way for businesses and individuals to transfer money to to each other at no cost. I don't know if anyone's actually using that or if that's the reason, but I guess anytime you have a service like that come in, that kind of undercuts what they're doing. It could be a problem. But then it's not to pick on you, uh, yeah. but we can stay on your on your shopping list real quick because another sure. stock we talked about yesterday, Palantir. Uh, caught a downgrade this morning as yeah. well from Jeffries. Lowered Jeffries lowered its price target on Palantir from eighteen dollars to thirteen dollars. Now you might love this, Dennis, and say, "Okay, give me all the downgrades, uh, make the stock go down another, you know, ten twenty percent, and I'll get in and buy this." Yeah. Or does that, or does that, you know, kind of deter you from wanting to to own this stock right now? So, so I had a number of stocks. My shopping list and Palantir was there too, and I actually looked at buying this at sixteen. And then you know what? I was in the Benzinga Pro and looking at the details. You know what the market cap on this thing is? Low. Do you know how much this is worth? Yes, how about thirty-five billion dollars? I had no idea they had a market cap that high. And I'm looking, and I'm like, I don't know now. I'm like, so I That's talked huge. about this, and, and it seems too much. Its PE is 54, and it's got a market cap of 35 billion. When I originally bought this, and I sold it terribly, you know, because I got concerned, I bought this at like eight bucks, and I basically scratched it out at eight and talked myself out of it at the end of 2022, which was just the, obviously the mistake. That market cap was half of this, like 16, 17. It's thirty-five billion up here. I had no idea it grew, but I guess when eight-dollar stocks double, that's market cap seventeen to thirty-five. It just looks such a big sticker. So I was looking at this yesterday, and I'm like, I can't do it at this valuation. I'm like, fifty-four times earnings and thirty-five billion dollars. Even though I like the story, and I think the AI story is going to be here, and I do think eventually Palantir will get a lift off the AI story. The valuation is just keeping me away from it. So price to sales is seventeen times. I mean, you know, we talked about NVIDIA comparatively speaking, and I was saying NVIDIA cheaper, yeah. is, you know, but, you know, look, and, and price to sales on NVIDIA is nuts too because their margins are so high. But, you know, 4P on, on NVIDIA is like 25. I mean, which you isn't know, even You know crazy. what else might be way I just think it's, I just, I'm just scared it's too, that's valuation still too high. Um, another shorter term factor here, and I don't want to get into this whole discussion right now about the government shutdown. Will it happen? Will it not happen? Uh, but defense, defense. I mean, that's that's one sector that, you know, for an extended shutdown, you know, and that's where they get all their contracts from. So, you know, there's a lot of implications if the government shuts down. We're going to we'll go through that rigmarole again. Uh, you're breaking support at 16 bucks. So that now it's going to be resistance. So if you're buying this on a dip, then you get a little uh, dip back up to 16. Uh, yeah. That's going to be resistance bottom yesterday's range. But why not wait for 15 here? Why not feel? I think it's coming this far. You might almost even get the 14. But I, again, I, you know, and obviously, you know, I put it on my shopping list. I had a number of stocks there and I just put it on there because I like the story. But then when I, you should always do so. I do the technicals, I do the story, and I look at the fundies. You know, and when I sat down and looked at the fundies yesterday, and I sat there for ten minutes analyzing this, and I'm like, I can't stomach paying thirty-five billion dollars for this company. It just seems like too much. So that's where I think I've got off the shop, at least the long term. You know, there's going to be a trade here. Will it bounce at fourteen? Could you do it for a trade? Maybe. You know, is it oversold in the short term? Maybe. But holy mackerel! That, this thing when it was $23, $24 or $22 just back at the end of November, it was trading like a $45, $50 billion market cap. I mean, think about what a $45 billion company looks like. We don't even know what Palantir does. <laughs> I mean, this seems like just too much to pay for it. So sorry, I'm actually out on the Palantir here. So I changed my mind. Not that, you know, I'm like, you know, Jeffries is spooking me here. I actually looked yesterday. I did look yesterday. I never bought it. For that simple reason, because I was looking at striking, so I thought the I thought the market cap was like seven or eight billion. I had no idea it was thirty five billion dollars. That's a lot of money to pay wow. for this for a company that you're really not sure what they do. You're not really sure what they do. You know, yeah. at least Apple, I can look at my phone and say I know what they do. Nvidia, I know they're everywhere. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I, I'm I'm hesitant now on the Palantir call, but you know, there's other stocks too. There's lots. You know, I think a lot of the chip stocks would be on my shopping list. I'm trying to go to it. I've had it, you know, on there, that shopping list for a while, but I think there's still some opportunities here. But you know, microchip would probably still be on my shopping list. I sold that at 91. 
because it had gone a long ways. I mean, if it comes back down to 75, 70, I'll probably rebuy it. Just kind of rebuying some of these stocks that I sold because I told you at the end of 2022, I was selling some stocks. Stocks just got really overextended. So, you know, maybe rebuilding that a little bit here because I do think that we're going to not go into a recession if the Fed stays behind us. You know, as long as the Fed, as long as Powell doesn't come out and say, I, I regret everything I said. We're raising rates or inflation. You know what it would be? If inflation starts to tick higher again, then all bets are off because that means the Fed's going to have to stay aggressive. So you can't see inflation start to tick higher again. All right. We're, we're going we're gonna to kind of talk about a lot of different things here, but let, let's just talk about finish up with Apple here and the big tech and Foxconn reporting a 30% drop in revenues. That's a big supplier to Apple. That's not good, right? That's down a buck 21. That's weighing on it. Uh, we can look at SWKS. It seems like you always get these things. That's trading flat. But look at what that's done trading with Apple. Uh, yeah. Dennis, see, what are the other uh, suppliers you like to trade uh, with it's this? QRVO. Yeah. Obviously, you go to the AVGO and Qualcomm are big suppliers here. Look they at, all look, move along yeah, with it. If you look, moving. all these charts look somewhat the same. Um, it, and, you know, there's like five or six of them out there. OLED is another one there, Universal Display. Oh. So there's a number of Apple suppliers. All these charts look identical. I do pairs they trade do. all these. Um, Apple, we said it on yesterday, I thought I had a date with 180. It's apparent it's probably going to see that today. It's 180, 68, 68 cents away. Does it bounce at the 180? I think it could. You know, the old resistance becomes new support. But again, valuation. This is what keeps me out of a few of these stocks. And this is what the problem market has run into. It's run into a valuation problem. Some of these stocks are simply just too expensive. Yep. And so, yeah, thanks, uh, uh, Joel, for bringing us that Foxconn news. Uh, again, not great news for Apple after already catching a couple downgrades. We are, yeah. now, we are now two minutes away from the job <gasps> report. Okay. Uh, I'm going wide on this one. Just going to uh, uh, go ahead and, and give the preview again one more time. So last month, uh, we added 199,000 jobs, so nearly 200,000. This month, the expectation is for 170,000, so slightly lower. The unemployment rate is actually expected to tick higher from 3.7% to 3.8%. Um, and uh, and, and U.S. hourly wages are expected to, to fall, the growth to 0.3%. So uh, I guess, you know, there's there's if all these numbers come in line with expectations... Maybe the market says, hey, okay, now now that we're adding less jobs and unemployment's going back up, now you know rate cuts are back on the table and they like it. Or maybe they say, oh my God, here's the recession that everyone's been fondly warning about and the market sells off. I have no clue. What do you guys, I mean, uh, what, what should we be expecting here? <laughs> this market, I'm scared I mean, that good news is bad news and bad news bad is bad news. Is bad I'm scared news? this market's spooked. Okay. So, I'm kind of scared on this number here. I'm a little bit good. nervous. There, there's okay. I think we're gonna go wide. Gonna we're gonna go wide here, and I'm gonna say I'm focusing on the upside. I'm going wide and at the, the close at 39.50. We haven't even seen the close. 47.39.50. So a 20 handle pop, and people will be maybe looking to get out at the mark on the downside. Absolutely nothing at 47.11 and a quarter. Uh, the pre that is the pre market low. The main low that I'm looking at 46.96.50. That was a low when uh. Jerome told us that uh, rates were going to go down like eight times. Okay, the move, initial move is lower. Perhaps we got a hot number coming from us, Aaron. We just made a new low, 09.75. Trying to bounce, trying to bounce still. I have to say it's a little bit of a hot number here, right, and they're headed for the hills. What do you got? We have the uh, unemployment rate is 3.7% uh, versus 3.8% estimated. So that came in in line with expectations. Non-farm uh, non payrolls, 216,000 versus 170,000 estimates. So blew the number out of the water by 46,000 jobs. Uh, I guess, yay. Hey, the U.S. economy keeps on going. No uh, no recession in sight. Oh, goes Frazier. Here we <laughs> go, folks. Making a new low, a decisive new low. Jerome gave us, uh, I don't know what he gave us a couple of weeks ago. And coincidentally, we are coming up to the low on the day that Jerome Powell told us that he had Pivoted and that low is 46.96.50. Haven't hit that yet. Oh, five and a quarter. Bears in full control here so far, getting a little bit of a five point bounce. But 
when Triple D says he's scared, well, there's for good reason here. Still trying to catch a bid. No bids in sight. 0475 is the low. Uh, nothing but sellers here. Street leaning the right way into this report. Bonds down a buck and a half here. They were down to start with. Uh, but we're we're moving to ticks. Any any more uh, any more details on that number? I mean, we got a little bit of a hit yesterday, right? Uh, with the uh, with the numbers that we got. So ADP, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I, I would love Joel. I would have loved to have seen how this market reacted to a jobs number that came in lower than expected. Because I would be curious. I almost do think that it is bad news is bad news and good news is bad news right now. Because, uh, you know, I, I I don't think if you're a bull. You can really win if you say, okay, well, the, the jobs numbers came in way lower than expected. The bears would still be saying, okay, that means the recession's coming. But, uh, <laughs> you know, right now, yeah, I mean, this it's clear the market is just is is now might be kind of spooked and might be pricing in, you know, the potential for higher rates for longer. I mean, that was the call for a lot. Yeah, uh, a, a I, good call for a lot of people. And I think if you're if you're Jerome Powell in the Fed, maybe you're thinking, okay, we don't have to cut just quite yet if you're still seeing the economy add this many jobs over a month to month basis. So, um, well, I'm waiting for some more details to come in okay. on that. How, uh, I mean, how are we trading? Is it everything? Is it the Q? Uh, you know what? I'm looking, I'm looking at the stocks here and, uh, they were already trading down. I think a lot of, we'll get triple D here, uh, in here in a second. Uh, the stocks are kind of leading this way. Like Apple, uh, is really not that much lower than it was before the report. Uh, Microsoft, we'll take a look at that. That's taken a little bit of a hit, but that had been heading lower anyways. Uh, but I just want to go back to the uh, S&P chart here because this low right here, let me get my uh, my indicator out because this is, this is definitely noteworthy. This is the low on the day when he came out and said everything was okay and he pivoted. And we've given all of that back, all of that move back. And one thing we try and stress on this show is when stocks or futures or tiddlywinks, whatever you're trading, when it goes up quickly through an area, it can come down just as quick. And that's what we have. So the plate is set here for the remainder of the day. Can we hold that low, that 46.9650? So far, we hit 02. We got a little bit of a bounce. Uh, let's go to, oh boy, I messed up all my uh, stocks. Let's take a look at uh, some of the bank stocks here, how they're reacting. This was trading lower. I'm going to make the uh, uh, the chart. Uh, I mean, they hit it, but they were hitting it before. So a lot of the selling is going on in the futures. Uh, let's look at uh, like um, Palantir, which was already trading lower. So uh, that only dropped another dime off this. So they 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 whooped up on the stocks uh, or they whooped up on the stocks before the number. And then the futures just kind of took it down. Now we got a little bit of a bounce. We're up um, eight or nine handles. Uh, let's take a look at the TLT. Of course, uh, that's an important indicator for rates. Let me get the 24 hour market up here for the the uh, the TLT. What did that do? That got hit on this too. So it, right now, good news is bad news, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, and 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 it's clear why. I mean, a lot of times it's very confusing when you have the, a type of reaction where it's like, wait, hold on, this was great news and the market goes down. But I mean, right now, when part of this rally for the past month and a half, two months has been because of this expectation of rate cuts, uh, you know, data like this, kind of goes, you know, in the face of that. And says, and, and, yeah, and, it's, and, and contradicts that and says, you know, maybe the Fed won't have to cut rates at least in the first quarter of this year and then this and that. So, at, I mean, I would say it's it's less about the, I would be less worried about, if you're, if you're banking in rate cuts, I'd be less worried about the labor data and more uh, concerned with the inflation data because I think the, I think the Fed can overlook the hot labor market if inflation continues to fall. But typically, if the if the labor market's hot, that means uh, that inflation is going to continue to stick around. And you really want to go into the the uh, wage growth numbers is one of the big things the Fed looks at when looking at uh, you know leading indicators for inflation. So uh, either way, we'll we'll see if the market recovers. I think what do we what do we got the spy down right now? Still uh, about 
Uh, oh, it's, is it starting to come back a little bit? Or are we still uh, down? I mean, we're off the low. The S&Ps are, are just off their low. Their four handles off their low. I mean, you, you make a very good point here. Uh, we did. We were waiting on the jobs data here next week, right? On Thursday, you get the CPI. On Friday, you get the PPI. So, you know, if the job market is not cooling off, if people are working, this the, the data next week, I mean, we got to hold in there till next week and see what that data is. But uh, right now, uh, <laughs> a lot of different things not making sense. Uh, the with market the is spooked. The bottom yeah. line is the market is spooked right now. And I think you're exactly right, AB. I think this market was going to get hit on this number no matter what. So that's yeah. why I said, I don't know if we're in this good news is bad news and bad news is bad news. It's completely flipped the script from 2023, which is what we did last January. Let's just say what we did. Everybody was selling every stock on December 31st. And then all of a sudden, you know, come the turn of the calendar, they could not buy, stop buying tech stocks all year. So it flipped the script. So well, January typically does trade opposite to the way the current year went. That is exactly what we have seen so far does it continue i don't think it's going to continue i don't think we're going to have this like you know year where we give back everything we did last year but we're, we're to our point when we're doing our analysis we're trying to look at buying apple i look at 28 times earnings i look at the economy you know like who knows is you know where we're going here i'm like you know what why why take on that risk and i'm still getting paid some money so you know i tied up some money at 5.72 percent for the next year well, saying that i don't think it's going to just be a killer year for the markets I'm yeah. more comfortable having a good chunk of cash. Again, I'm using some of the cash to buy some good companies that I think are going to be storied stocks on dips. But it's hard to come in this market at this valuation and just say, yeah, you know, let's just go in here and let's just start buying. I think the market needs a corrective phase. And I think that's what we're getting. I tried, I tried to wear my green shirt today to get the bulls back to get the market green. It's not working yet, but we'll see by the end of the day. Uh, Dennis, you mentioned tech stocks. We've got someone hanging out backstage that knows a thing or two about tech stocks. Oh, good. Uh, my man, Ivan Fine, Seth, the analyst over at Tigris Financial. Let's go ahead and welcome uh, Ivan on the show. Ivan, how are you doing this morning? Good. And yourself? I'm doing well. It's good to have you on the show. I'm, I'm Aaron. I know we emailed yesterday. It's, it's good to meet you. So how, uh, how are we feeling about this market right now? I mean, it's not the, not the start of the year that we wanted as tech bulls, uh, which I know you and I both are. Uh oh, hold oh, on. We got something going on with your audio. Can you guys hear me okay? I cannot. Just, just muffled. Muffled. How about now? Yep. Better. better. Uh oh. No, no, it's just, it keeps coming in and out. All right. Well, we will. We'll... Let's try one more second and then we'll figure out. Because you were good and then you weren't good. When you lean forward, you're good. Talk again, Ivan. <laughs> How about now? Can you, is this better? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, Ivan. Now you're good. All right. I got to switch to this mic. So, Dennis said it perfectly. I couldn't agree more. Um, no matter what the number was, this whole good news is bad news that the market's got this premise that the Fed and you got some firms out there looking for six rate cuts this year. I don't think we'll get that. I don't think we need that. We maybe need a couple of rate cuts to just moderate the interest rate pressure. But I think the uh, bullish narrative of a downward, you know, the deflationary trend, recovery in earnings and revenue this year for uh, starting in Q4 of last year, which will start to get in the reports over the next few weeks. So I think that there still is a lot of strength to the bullish narrative that lift stocks from the bottom the, the that they made in October of last year to near close to new highs at the end of last year will continue. And I think we will see the S&P 500 break above 4,800 sometime by the end of January, February. And then moderately higher uh and and a lot of the tailwinds headwinds are going to be tailwinds and still the most important thing is jobs 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 i, I don't know why the market is fearful of jobs but you have all of these macro strategies that line up trades to really look for interest rate moves bond rate moves stock futures and when it doesn't happen they unwind and it causes selling pressure but there's nothing more powerful to drive the economy than jobs and as long That's as the true. labor market remains strong 
and which is part of the Fed's dual mandate, I mean, is to fight inflation, but also is to maintain strong employment. I think that will be great for stocks and the leadership will continue in the tech sector. And the, this whole a- AI phenomenon is the internet in the late 90s. It is going to drive the next generation of, of tech stock advance, um, the next generation of tech leadership and the stock market advance. Before Sounds like we you're get buying into this individuals. Depth, sorry, sorry. I was yes, trying to absolutely. steal. <laughs> Before I we actually get wrote even individual. in the background, Joel, I was trying to steal. He didn't look at the Slack. I said, me for the steal. He, never, he always yells at me. So this background, we're talking in the Slack on who's going to go next. And they always yell at me because I never look at it. But anyways, <laughs> I even wrote, I'm coming in for the steal, Joel. But Ivan, I just want to just, uh, so it sounds like you are buying this dip. Talk Absolutely. about, and you talk about this move in AI. Talk about the stocks that you would be buying because I'm with you on the AI movement. I do believe AI is where we were in the late 90s, early 90s, maybe mid 90s, I guess, when the internet. So I think AI is in its infancy here right now. Talk about which stocks you would be buying well, for the next like three to five years as AI continues to expand. The hyperscalers like uh, Google Cloud, Google, Amazon, AWS, uh, by Amazon and Microsoft. They are going to be kind of the core platform that provides the service. And then I like the enterprise software companies like MongoDB and Monday.com. And also, I like C3AI, and I'm going to continue to quote, and I believe that Tom Siebel said this, but I give him credit for it, that every company is going to have to be an AI company. Every company is going to, in some way, have to deploy AI in tracking customer behavior, uh, optimizing supply chain, uh, in some way, increasing business efficiency and employee efficiency. And then uh, other companies are like Adobe is increasingly in incorporating AI capabilities. It's And again, a graphic designer is not going to lose his job to AI. A graphic designer is going to lose his job to a graphic designer using AI to be more efficient and more creative. So it's going to increase operating efficiency. It's going to increase creativity. It's going to increase productivity. It's going to increase, hopefully, job satisfaction. Yes, there always is one caveat that we've all seen Terminator, so we know what could happen if the machines fear us. But uh, overall, this is going to be the, the next, you know, gold rush, like the internet was in the 90s and, you know, the early 2000s. And uh, just automation electronics was in the 70s and technology and and the computer and the uh, personal computer was in the 80s. This trend is going to continue. So, Ivan, you got a real interesting stock on here and a stock that delivered some really bad news yesterday, and that's Mobileye. So they talk about year-over-year revenue being down 50%, Ivan. Tell us what, yeah, go ahead. It was a green candle yesterday, hanging at 30 bucks. If there's a buy the dip opportunity, give us the fundamentals for Mobileye. All right. Well, first, Mobileye, it's an emerging technology company. It's the company, it's the leader in providing cameras that run ADAS systems, automated driver safety systems, such as uh, lane departure warning and correction and crash detection, as well as moving up to eventually full autonomy. So this is a emerging technology company that is the core in what is happening throughout the auto industry and the industry leader in it. But just as we're seeing with car manufacturers, that there is starts and stops with how much of this technology we want to incorporate in the car and how much functionality and uh, also the automotive production so um and you know the, the pricing of it so um it's it's a stock i've liked long before it went public when it was huh. part of intel and then intel uh-huh. recently ipo'd a portion of it and i think that this dip i i think that you know if they're going to bring down numbers they're going to bring them a lot with the hope that they can catch up throughout the year. So I think that they threw the kitchen sink in the quarter and hopefully we've seen the worst and things can gradually improve throughout the year. Uh, the company IPO'd at $21. I think it was the high was in the high 40s. 
And now it's back down here at thirty bucks. And this is a why buy didn't they again. give us any? I'm an Intel shareholder. Why 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 didn't they give us any? Um well you still own eighty percent of the company within yeah, Intel. I guess so. I guess so. so uh just, impact on Intel here. Intel, what an amazing run to end the year. It hit a wall there at fifty bucks. Uh you looking at a pullback in Intel as as well here. Yes. Pulling back down thirty seven cents today. I still like Intel. I think that Pat Gelsinger's plans to create this foundry manufacturing, this processor manufacturing infrastructure is going to be a long-term powerful driver, especially as all the other companies in the world would like to move away from a overly uh, uh, manufacturing in, uh, base in China. So I think everybody like to move away from China and diversify and come back to the US. And you've seen many chip manufacturers and users like Apple and even NVIDIA and Qualcomm has said that they are interested in working with Intel Foundry Services because almost every other chip company is a virtual or a fabulous company. They outsource the manufacturing of their processors uh, like Apple designs and you know the M1 chip, the M2 chip, they've had great success in it, but they don't manufacture, they outsource the manufacturing. Their value added is in the design. So I think Intel has a lot of opportunity, plus their own chips and their own, uh, the chips they have coming out, AI functionality chips for desktop and laptop PCs all the way to the um, data center. AB's on mute. AB, yeah. you've never done that before. That's, That's the first, first time. Uh, That's the first one. First time. Um, <laughs> sorry about that, y'all. Ivan, uh, you know, it, when you when it's all said and done, do you think Apple will end up, we'll be talking about Apple with the Microsofts of the world as like the leaders in AI? Because right now Apple's been kind of mm -hmm. hush-hush quiet about their own AI. But to me, I look at the company and I'm like, there's no way the company with the most cash I... on hand the biggest company in the world is just going to bypass this opportunity. Not, not at all. And Apple is about to drop a bombshell on the tech sector. I don't know why people have poo pooed vision pro, but there is this new, so there was the metaverse, omniverse, these AR VR headsets. The vision pro is a spatial computer that is going to create this next category that will incorporate the metaverse and so many other factors huh. is imagine just wearing this device on your head and it'll get smaller and better. I mean, the first Oculus that came out kind of looked like the Iron Man that Tony Stark made in the cave. And then later on, it looks like the red and gold streamlined Iron Man. So we're going to see uh, an, a huge acceleration of development of functionality in these headsets. I think by the time the vision hits the market from Apple, it'll be well below the 3,500. They'll have at least two models, let's say the pro and the, the regular. Uh, and maybe that one doesn't have 12 cameras. It has six, but the functionality and how this will be used to again interact, just entertainment, gaming, uh, technical support, there, this is going to be a huge wave. It's going to incorporate a lot of AI, especially if you looked at the demonstration they did, the way you could see almost like you're looking at somebody, but you're really looking at a, a um, graphic of, of somebody's eyes as they're looking through this. It's, this is going to incorporate a tremendous amount of AI. You, you cannot count Apple out in AI. I mean, yeah, I, I think Siri does need a lot of work. But once she gets uh, some additional AI functionality, that will leap forward big time. And uh, But this Vision Pro is going to create this spatial computing category that everybody else is just waiting to jump in on. One more thing before we let you go, Ivan. What about the consumer? You know, obviously, people still got jobs. Are they going to still be spending money and traveling? What, what do you like in that, uh, that sector? Well, what drives consumer spending? Jobs. jobs. And what were we seeing? Jobs, jobs. As long as the consumer is secure and happy in his job, or somewhat so, and uh, has a steady paycheck, they take their money. They do two things with it. They invest. 
save and invest, which goes into the stock market, which is good for the stock market, and they spend, which is good for the economy and the stock market. And travel is just not stopping. I mean, you look at the cruise industry, it continues to be on fire. It was interesting. I was at a meeting with the CEO of Royal Caribbean last month, and somebody asked him about AI, and he said, a human has not made a pricing decision on their website in over two years. So AI is has been used for a long time, and it's only going to continue to improve as the speed and functionality and ability of it continues to get better. What do you and, What do you mean they haven't made a pricing decision? It's all no, no. no he said a, a human hasn't made a pricing oh, yeah. decision. So the pricing decisions on their website for the cruises hasn't been controlled by a human in, in over two years. It's been automated. Uh-huh. They they look at you know they're they're managing the inventory and the demand and there's all kinds of algorithms uh, uh, other companies let's say like how do you think booking and all these other travel companies do this it's been they've been using algorithms and ai for a long time yeah i mean it's it's incredible to see how quickly a lot of these companies have started adapting ai and it's it's not just the big tech companies like you said ivan it's, oh, it's all and, across and here's the, board. the other thing that uh it's been talked about that this is only going to benefit the big companies. And again, it's going to disadvantage the small companies. And and no, it's not. AI is going to be the biggest economic democratizing force that has ever existed because you can buy AI for as little as $8 a month, $10 a month, $25 a month. The fact that the whole infrastructure to operate AI is on a subscription basis. So companies like, MongoDB is a subscription service provider for enterprise software and AI function for database and AI overlays that you can do use to analyze the data within your database. Same thing with Monday.com. So um, and Salesforce. Uh, all of these services are sold on a very low entry subscription basis. Also, what's interesting is that C3AI has kind of shifted from fully subscription to a um, a metered service where you pay for what you use. So again, bringing down the cost of entry to adopt this technology. Got it. Well, Ivan Feinseth, analyst over at Tigers Financial. Ivan, thanks again for hopping on this morning. Busy Friday between the job report, the big tech market. Yeah, looking forward to, uh, to having you back on again in the future. Happy New Year to everybody. You as well. All right, guys, that was Ivan Feinseth, the course analyst over there at Tigers Financial. Joel, Dennis, we've got rally, to- rally Dennis time. Getting bought. Oh, really? Yep. Let's go. Yep. Can we can we pull up the uh, uh SP, I'll bring up the the spider. Yep, yep. Couldn't quite get. I guess I'm not going to be able to buy uh the Jerome Powell low forty six ninety six and a half. We're coming back. We've got a, about halfway back on the day. So, uh, good news, bad news, but. I guess it's the bad news by the dip so far. That was a nice, uh, I a think nice you're going to continue to see people trying to buy the dip. And I eventually think we are going to be okay. I don't think we're coming back and giving it all back. Like, let's give a perspective. You know, the November rally was insane. Like it was a huge rally here. We haven't dipped much. That's why, you know, certain stocks like Apple have given back half of the gains, but there's a lot of other stocks that have given back almost nothing. So, I mean, I think you got to look at, you know, what you want, what's on your shopping list, how, you know, how big the dip has been. But, you know, be aware that, you know, the AI story is going to continue to drive. I think eventually you're going to get a dip bot in most of those AI stocks. But just be aware of how undervalued some other sectors are. And that's what we were talking about. The drug sector has probably never been as cheap as it is. I mean, you know, and, and there's a reason, you know, like Pfizer's just been an epic disaster. But, you know, I bought Bristol Myers at the end of last year. And I'm like, it's just gotten to a valuation that is just ridiculously low. I mean, we have a, still have an aging population. They still going to need drugs. I mean, be it Bristol Myers is trading seven times earnings, you know, like or 13 times current earnings. They projected out seven or eight times forward earnings. I mean, some of these stocks are just really cheap. So, you know, Amgen, I paid up for a little bit because I think the story is going to be there. But even at paying up at 15, 16 times earnings, I'm paying 30 times earnings. So I think you've got to look at opportunities where maybe some of the laggards from 2023 could actually have a pretty good year in 2024. And I think I'd be a buyer a dip on a lot of drug stocks. I mean, Merck, 
Let's look at Merck just blasting off this year. The, the forgotten stock that everybody hates now because everybody was in the lily and that was it. Merck's forward PE is 13. I mean, these stocks have traded with PEs of 20 before. So they've just been, you know, growing earnings and just not getting any love here for so long that some of these valuations have just come in to, you know, pretty cheap levels. So I think there's an opportunity here for some rotation and continued rotation into some sectors that are just un- unloved and undervalued. Elon in the chat's asking good news is good news. Yeah, I guess the uh I guess the the traders on Wall Street decided, "Hey, maybe the US economy adding more jobs isn't a bad thing after all." And I feel like you see this happen a lot whenever the market has a gut, you know, a, a gut reaction to something and trades lower that as the day goes on and it's still too close. I mean, we haven't even opened yet, so we could end up, you know, down Two percent today, but I feel like I see this happening a lot throughout the day. Where whatever the bad news is, then once you, as the time goes on and people have time to digest it, it's oh, maybe it's not the end of the world. Maybe it's not as bad as we thought it was right when it happens, and you start to see more buying activity. Um, of course, like I said, the, you know, this week it's it's been all bare, so we'll see if that uh, continues to be the case today. But good to see at least some buying activity, some bulls coming in this morning, uh, even after that initial move to the downside. Uh, we did have a couple more ratings to uh, to get to that we haven't yet. And and Ivan mentioned one, but CCL, Carnival Cruise Lines, got an upgrade. Uh, I mean, these stocks have been absolutely rallying the past you know six months or so. I haven't been in them at all just because I don't love the long-term story of cruises. But now I'm wishing I did get in on these. Uh, and and have you guys traded uh, C- Carnival or Norwegian or any of these other uh, cruise lines at all? Um. I can see an argument to own some of these things on pullbacks, but again, these are luxury items. So you can see like how I've talked about 2024. And I think the larger discretionary purchases may get put on hold. So I'm somewhat concerned to just jump into a Carnival Cruise Lines. I'd rather buy stocks that are more staples or more people aren't going to cut out. I don't want to own automotives in 2024. I do think even though you know, there, I know there's some people that tweeted at me yesterday that people, the, the auto companies are trying to bring down cheaper financing. They're talking about under 5% financing rates for certain cars, where obviously some of the automotive companies eating some of it just to get you to buy a car. But And that's to keep sales up. But I mean, these are very large ticket purchases. The Royal Caribbean Cruise Line CEO was on uh, CNBC yesterday. Couldn't have said it better. Um, just talking, he was on Sully's show. And he was just talking about um, you know, that it's bit busy. The consumer is still very strong. But he says, if the re- economy starts to weaken, we're well aware that we are a luxury item. And, you know, that could, you know, equal, you know, an, an issue for us. So, like, just basically talking that, you know, he knows that first thing you cut out when you start to get tough for money is expensive trips and new cars. So, I think I'm staying away from this because I still think that the consumer, U.S. consumer, and the Canadian consumer especially, is a little bit more stretched. So yeah. I want to stay away from this type of purchases and more into like stuff that you know they're going to buy and they're going to, people still go out for dinner. People still go out and do some stuff. But, you know, we're going on a $10,000 cruise. Maybe it's going to start to see a little slowdown there. Yeah, or buy a new house. Uh, yeah, so those big ticket items have been a little bit tougher. Uh, all right, guys. A lot of y'all in the chat have been asking about my man, Money Mitch. I figured it'd be better to just bring him on himself and let you guys talk and let him talk to y'all. So without further ado... Let's br- let's bring our man Money Mitch on the show. See how he's doing this morning, Mitch. Happy Friday. What's going on, team? Holy how we styles. doing? What's you got up? all stylish here. Hey, how are hey, you, Mitch? What can I say? There's there's a reason why the, my name's Money Mitch, right? Got to look like <laughs> it, right? I mean, nice. hey, they always say it, but um, I did see a lot of people asking uh, what's going on and. Um, so I've come here to kind of inform you about what's going on. Of course, um, I've always loved everything that I've done here at Benzinga, and I truly feel like I've been able to give back to you guys, which is the reason why I do this, right? So I do want to let you guys know that I am going to be stepping down. Um, it's my decision. I'm going to actually be stepping away from Benzinga to be achieving new career and a new level in my career. Right. Like always, um, when I came to Benzinga, I always saw myself as continuing to the next level. And sometimes um, that calls for change. And I am changing. I am going to something else, a new project. I'm not going to talk about that, but I did want to go really quickly here and tell you guys, as I stand here today, I can't believe this day really has come to say farewell. 
It's with a heart both heavy and elated because I'm saying goodbye to something that's truly incredible. You know, I, I really love you guys as a community and have grown to have a great relationship with many of you guys in the chat today. When I began this career at 29, you know, and, and this journey on Benzinga, I didn't expect that we'd get to where we got to today, right? Benzinga has become more than a platform. It's become a canvas for where you have passion and finance. Um, I know that uh, Joel and Dennis have done a lot for us um, in unlocking this for us. So I hope that I was able to also help you guys pay that way forward. This is truly where my dreams became a reality. And now that I'm taking this next step, um, I don't know where the horizons are, but I can tell you at least that I'm going to continue pushing forward in the financial industry and will continue carrying with me the invaluable lessons that I've learned and the memories that we've shared with you guys out there. So I definitely wanted to thank you all for being a part of this journey here at Benzinga and your continued support for Benzinga. Because at the end of the day, this is a road that I'm choosing to go ahead and take upon has nothing to do with what's going on here at Benzinga, but I'm choosing to continue going on my career. So though this chapter may end, the story will continue, of course, and I will remain striving to bring the same level of education and enthusiasm, energy, and also still unlocking the markets for you guys. So I hope that you guys keep up with me. Of course, you guys know my Twitter. If you guys aren't following me already, at MoneyMitchBZ. I'll continue growing and I'll continue watching you guys like I always have. Um, you know, I came to pre-market prep from being in the chat like you guys right now. And I will also probably leave that way too, where you guys will see me from time to time, nice. jumping in the chat, throwing in some stock ideas like always. I, I love you guys. I thank Dennis and Joel, AB, everyone here at Benzinga for opening the doors to my next move because really it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you guys out there so thank you very much and we'll continue moving on to the next uh chapter mitch i just want to say thank you you know from the last couple of years you've been with us here we've learned a lot from you you've brought us you know different trading ideas on a continuous basis you've been so professional all the way through this i mean you had big shoes to fill when spencer israel left us here and i think you did a, a very you know you did an awesome job with us We've learned so much from you, and obviously we wish you the best going forward in your next step of your journey. And please do come back to the chat, pop in there, give us some ideas because, you know, Money Mitch brought us some great ideas, especially through the pandemic when everybody is, you know, panicking in the street. Money Mitch was in there. So, you know, I just want to say thank you, and, you know, we wish you well. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, and I just want to say, you know, I mean, Dennis, we got to face reality. No one wants to work with us. I mean, you know? <laughs> it's me, Joel. It's yeah. me. It's uh, got to be know. me. I know. It's Aaron, me. right now, Aaron's Aaron, 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 he's, he's, right out. Now. he's out. He's out. He's moving. <laughs> uh, no, he, uh, no, Mitch, uh, you brought a lot to the show over the years. Uh, your creativity uh, uh, with YouTube and uh, the jokes and the stuff that you did, it'd sorely be missed. And uh, Aaron has uh, some some big shoes to fill here. So, uh, God, thanks for stopping by, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you down the road. Hey, like we like we said, right? It's just the closing of a chapter, continuing on, and uh, the stocks will be there. AB will be there. Joel, Dennis, every single day. I'll be watching you guys continue to grow. And everybody in the chat, I wish you the best on your trading journey, continuing to push forward in those skills. Like always, it's all about trying to continue to push forward. And like the chat always says, we're always trying to learn. I'll miss you guys. That's for sure. I already do. And I will continue being out there. If you guys want to follow me, definitely stay with me. Have a good one, team. Take care, guys. Thanks, Mitch. All right, guys. Mitch's first appearance as a guest oh, wow. on on pre-market prep. He, he just he just got a rally going. It's the Mitch he did, rally. The money Mitch rally. The money, the money rally. Uh, well, <laughs> and, yeah, and again, Mitch so so we didn't know like Mitch was you know making some decisions in the background. He took a, a step back, and that's why we you know we've been trying to address it, but we didn't know he hadn't made us any final decisions here yet. So it sounds like he has made his final decision. Obviously, we wish him very well, and we're going to keep up with him. We'll keep up with him on his Twitter handle, and hopefully, he does pop in the chat every once in a while. But we look forward to working with you, AB, full time here now. It looks like you've got the job, so uh, we look <laughs> yeah. forward to you know working with you and learning with you and growing with you, AB. 
Yeah. I'm yelling at you, AB. I'm yelling at you. I yell at everyone. Don't take it offensively. I yell at everyone. We we need maybe we need some some therapy or something, Dennis, and uh, you know, do a dual <laughs> session. Our fifth producer, Aaron Bree. But uh, anyways, is he uh, five? No, is he five yeah, or four? We have no. Brianna. Well, well, Joe Young. Oh yeah, was our first one. Mighty Joe Young. And then and then Brianna. Yep. Right, and then That's, and then yep. Spencer. Yep. And then Mitch. Yep. And, and now and now Aaron. Yeah, but so hey, <laughs> but hey Look, you I, know what? Living and learning. That's what we do here on uh, B, uh, pre-market prep. We got a rally going. We hope we gave you guys some new information. I would say on the upside here, um, let's look for unchanged. I'd look for, well, you got Microsoft above unchanged. You got uh, UNH, you know. Let's get to 39.50. Let's not end the week on the lows. That's my target on the upside. It's only 12 handles away. Uh, so that's it. That's it for the day, folks. On Monday, and I looked at this before, uh, the, our guest on Monday will be, survey says, Rocky. Rocky Horner will be oh, joining nice. us yes. on Monday from Simpler Trading, and uh, she always just gives us some great trading ideas. So, mm-hmm. everyone, thanks for joining us. Well, I won't be here on Monday. I'll be in Houston. Bring it home, the national championship. From go, last go blue. Go blue. Good luck with that, Joel. Rooting for Michigan there. Dennis, thanks uh, again for everything this morning and for having me on. We'll be back on Monday, guys. Ran a few minutes long this uh, today, but, of course, we we needed to send our guy Money Mitch off in style. Uh, and if you guys have any feedback for me, you know, want to want to see us do some things differently, want to see us keep doing certain things that we were doing when Mitch was here, feel free to email me, Aaron Bree at Benzinga.com. Happy to incorporate any feedback. All right, guys, take care. Have a good weekend. We'll be back on Monday with Rocky. Don't miss it. 8 a.m. Eastern.